to the super flexible podcast back again is the dynasty madman and i am i'm very pleased to finally be able to kind of put this out there and announce and and we did it on super show last night which hopefully you listen to as well um which maybe comes out before this it might be out it might be out um but i'm very pleased to announce that you're going to be hearing a lot more of this guy's voice and um and yeah yeah, he's here to stay. He's he's one of the permanent hosts now of Super Flexible and the Super Show, um, which I want to stop, you know, it, right there, I guess, because I was thinking about this. Like, I always take it for granted that everybody's already subscribed to the Super Flex Super Show, and maybe you uh-huh. are. You should be. But if you're not, like, stop the show right here and go do that, because, like, even before being a part of that, like, I, I hold that show in such high regards that... I just assume everybody's listening, but maybe for whatever reason you missed it, go subscribe to that. So as well as being able to hear this mofo's voice on Dynasty Trades HQ, you're going to hear it here on Super Flexible, Super Flex Super Show, and and some more stuff to come. So super excited to be working with you more, dude. Like we've kind of talked about this forever, even back when like you'd come on Breakdown and Super Flexible with Two Drink and I and just... Um, how much fun it's been so i don't know i'm pretty stoked about this group and just the plans moving forward so welcome aboard dude dude thank you yeah i'm happy to be here this is great um yeah back in the early days or the old days even on breakdown with you and two drink we had so much fun on those shows um i I forget exactly what you called them but we did them on our lunch lunch dates yeah yeah lunch dates and we must have done like a half a dozen of them over like a a two-month period and always look forward to them. We, we just laughed and had a, had a blast. And I, I think we had good conversation and I really liked the content we were able to give to people. And, um, man, yeah, I'm excited to do this. Just, um, pure joy getting on the microphone for my lunch break and talking to Swagzilla. Yeah. And, and I guess true to form, you know, you bring that up the, those lunch dates and half the time, I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. So today's very similar. We just kind of hit the mic with, low expectations for ourselves, but we we want to have we have high expectations for all of you so i hope by now you you're back and you've subscribed to the Superflex super show as well um but i wanted to ask you because you brought up on the Superflex super show last night like a team that you had where you were just completely screwed and devastated by injuries um and that you you know at this point you hold why wouldn't you you know your team already is kind of out of contention and looking that way so there's no reason for you to sell low on those players but what if you have like a team that has made it through and you're a strong contender and like you have Barkley now or Kenny Galladay like what are you doing in those situations you're goddamn right <laughs> <laughs> it's tough you know in those situations um the the teams that I have you know Saquon Barkley I I have I think three. I, I kept saying two, but I found I, I do have three teams with Barkley. Nobody mm-hmm. will give me um, what I was asking for. And then, you know, you get to the midpoint of the season and you've waited this long and you've held on to him this long and realize that moving him, your 
definitely not selling him at you know peak value. So you're going to take a hit. Right. And I was fine that early on. It made sense. I have a competitive sure. roster, a good team. Still, you know, maybe I move him. But then you know you lose Saquon Barkley. Your team's obviously not going to be as good. And that's in two of the cases where I'm at. Um, I lost other players too. And and so my decision was just to hang on to him and realizing that you know this guy does get hurt and you know uh this is not an insignificant injury um according to what i read about this um about his injury it's a little bit more serious than just you know hey i you know an acl and i'll be back in, in you know in, mm-hmm. in a year for to play football and in, in football shape in a year um it's one of those where there was more damage than just at least from what i read to, than just to the acl um and, and that it, you know, may be a more significant recovery period and on and on. You're talking about a running back. So his value, um, I, I want to wait until he, until he's doing something and he's back and people are excited again. Because this is a – and another reason for holding him isn't that it's just another, you know, running back one. I mean, it's Saquon Barkley, the mm-hmm. name, the household name, the, the just hearing his name. Um, it's like Christian McCaffrey. There are just people out there who love that player, love that player. And um, – I know when he's back, I'll be able to get much more substantial return. So, you know, he's already on IR. It's a, it's a hell of a season anyway, 2020. So many things are going wrong. And um, in these two cases, my rosters just aren't strong enough for me to be a, a contender. And in one case, I, it's a startup and I had high hopes for it. In the other case, I won the title last year and I'm not going to make the playoffs this year. I mean, it's one of those completely, um, you know, turned around teams and mm-hmm. it's not stakes and moves or anything like that. It's really the, the injuries, the COVID this season playing a part. So what better year, if I'm going to be punting anyway, to sit on Saquon Barkley, to sit on George Kittle, to sit on Michael Thomas, to just wait these players. Yeah. Out. Michael Thomas and George Kittle are great ones too. Even Odell Beckham jr. Like I, I know he's not your guy, but even somebody like him who's out, you know, I mentioned Galladay who probably mm-hmm. misses a couple weeks here, but those guys you mentioned, I mean, they're done, you know? So. Yeah, I told someone to trade away. Speaking of OBJ, um, a listener asked, reached out and asked, hey, would you trade, um, oh, my God, I just lost his name, for the Chicago Bears from Penn State. What the heck? I can't, I can't believe. I just I forgot his name. Allen Robinson, good grief. I kept I kept thinking of the wrong Penn State wide receiver. I just kept thinking KJ Hamler because you know you and I were talking <laughs> about a trade involving Hamler, and That's I couldn't awesome. get that last name out of my head. So Allen Robinson, he wanted to move him because um, he's not in contention. He wants to move Allen Robinson to a contender for OBJ and a second round pick. I believe is how how it shook hmm. out. And, you know, and, I, and I felt like um, yes, you know, get OBJ because another fan favorite. Everybody knows who he is. Even people who don't play fantasy football or watch the NFL know who that guy is. I mean, he's a celebrity outside of football. It's one. I'm just. It's just further indications that you don't have to worry about moving a guy like that when he's healthy because yeah. people love. They, they kind of inflate the value even beyond what he's worth, and and so, you know, he's going to be able to trade that player. And and you know, truthfully, OBJ might be on another team. You know, certainly we've talked about this a number of times, but in 2021, uh, maybe 2022 for sure on a different team and um so his value when he gets back is just going to rise and i think it was a good move to pick up that second round pick because he's a rebuilding team so like you know it's it's a great year to have those players on your roster so it's it's funny man i would trade for a lot of those players 
now because their values have been depressed and it's a perfect rebuilding year. Like there will never be probably mm. never be a, a year like this yeah. where you can reset button and not worry because there's so much out of your control i mean there is anyway it's fantasy football but this season in particular like perfect year to just sit back and wait so that's yeah. what I, I mean i don't know if i answered your question exactly but that's what i've been looking at no, yeah it's a weeks. tough one dude because i mean i've had some offers too where like i've offered josh jacobs no i've offered my barkley on a strong team my barkley yeah. for josh jacobs and t higgins who's out of contention and I was rejected. So then I changed it to Josh Jacobs for Corey Davis and it's been sitting there for like five days or something. So I'm guessing either didn't see it or didn't like it, but um, Mm -hmm. just to kind of try to get some more points in my lineup and keep it going, you know? Um, So yeah, those are the kind of moves that I'm kind of okay making. Like the thing with Barkley is, I mean, you mentioned it's a, a year injury. So they say nine months to a year, on the injury and he just had surgery like a week ago so i mean his year started a week ago or his nine months started a week ago so it kind of makes me want to try to sell a little bit more just because then i mean if it's a year it puts you into week seven or eight next year right and and uh, that's missing a lot Yeah. yeah it really is I, I'm fine, you know, get you know, moving him. I just and I would do it for what you said. And somebody else came up with a well, somebody mentioned um a trade, maybe it was on the HQ, they were talking about Dalvin Cook. And and I said, I'm I'm not kidding you. I'd trade Saquon Barkley straight up for Dalvin Cook right now. Please somebody offer me Dalvin Cook. I I, yeah. I snatch accept that. I love Dalvin Cook anyway. He's on mm. a team that's gonna run the hell out of him and um you know, I plug and play this year with him, but Maybe I, I don't that's mind a move I try to Barkley. make. I like that one, dude. Yeah, any. I mean, I was See trying to just get any single asset. I actually liked what you were trying to do, getting Higgins and Jacobs, and I, I'm not surprised they didn't accept it. Do but you think I asked too much? Like, do you, I mean, because I don't think Maybe. Josh Jacobs is quite Dalvin Cook, but oh, the Dalvin Cook one, if that team's out of contention, it kind of makes sense as well. If you're well, it's the same both ways, right? Um, it slices both ways, and it's because he's injured. It's because yeah. Barkley's injured, and even though that team's out of contention, and you'd think, "Wow, I'm just gonna, I'm out of it. I'm gonna grab Barkley and sit on him until he comes back." If they realize that it might not be, you know, week one, that could be the the holdup. I'm sure not everyone realizes that though. Um, that they they're, they may be thinking he's coming back. He'll be back for all of next season. And you'd have a better shot at getting a package like that from a team. Like, unfortunately, that you know they're unaware. Yeah. How significant the injury is. I mean. So, Jeremy, is it crazy that I kind of prefer that Allen Robinson side? Um. No. I. You know. I. I said that that's a a pretty good you know deal. Um. Getting that pick as well. Uh, no. Allen Robinson's doing fine. Um. You know. I. Chicago's offense is you know up and down and not not the greatest thing right now Allen robinson's a hell of a player so and i wouldn't i'm the kind of guy that i probably wouldn't prefer to have obj over um you know first in a startup draft let's say i'd rather have Allen robinson draft him than obj right um, but the value like you said for that yeah. tanking team yeah Plus, I mean, if they have their pick, they're making their pick better. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. You you might be able to get Allen Robinson plus back when Odell Beckham Jr. is healthy. I said, you know, I told I told him I think you're as it is. The value's there. You know, pretty even trade. I think that 
what you're getting with that pick is great because Odell Beckham Jr. is, you know, going to skyrocket. You know, the love for him, kind of like the love for Barkley, you don't have to worry about it. There are plenty of people that just want a piece of OBJ. So he's definitely going to be able to move that player. And then, you know, obviously for more now, it's definitely going to be a profit. He should get more than, you know, Allen Robinson in return, and he got that second-round pick. That's how I looked at it. I, I, I saw it as really a sort of a win-win for him. Yeah. So, and then another thing I thought of, and I and I actually suggested this to somebody before you put this back in my head. So I blame you for this, but Uh-oh. you mentioned your team that you're kind of rebuilding that orphan in the salary cap league, right? Mm-hmm. And you have Lamar. Would you be uh-huh. open to trading him to go get Herbert and a little on top? Um, to get for you to trade for Herbert? No, for you on that team. Like, um, I don't have any Lamar Jackson shares, but would you be open to trade oh, away okay. Lamar Jackson for you to get Herbert back and you'd get something on top? Like, I don't know quite what. Like, I, I don't want to quite throw it all into a vacuum, but. I'm I'm even um, saying so much to say not a ton on top of Herbert, but now you get Herbert and you're trading away Lamar Jackson. Um yeah, uh I'll tell you what. My I I have Lamar Jackson in a few places and I would be comfortable moving him to get Herbert because I love Herbert. Yeah, you need to get something on top of that, of course. Um Herbert plus I and I'd have to think about what the plus should be. Um the rationale for doing it though is just simply, you know, Herbert's not going to be running the football like um, Lamar Jackson. So now while either guy could get hurt, um, the, the chances are better, just like with a running back, um, the chances are better for the greater, better. Yeah, I want him to get hurt. I don't, <laughs> the chances are greater, um, for Lamar Jackson to get hurt or any, any, um, quarterback with a pro- propensity to run like that. And, you know, I, I, I really think that Herbert's the kind of player that could become consistent, more consistent than Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I'm a big fan of, of Herbert's. I also love Lamar Jackson. I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, so, yeah, I think you could make a case for parting with uh, Jack um, Jackson and getting Herbert and something else of value to make your team stronger and still be fine. You know, in Superflex, starting two good quarterbacks, um, you can kind of weather it something, you know, you can have a great quarterback and an okay quarterback or two really good quarterbacks. And I, you know, I think uh, Herbert can get you in a position like that too, where instead of just having that one star player, maybe you bring Herbert and another, you know, another quarterback, you could move Lamar Jackson for two quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. You might be able to, I mean, it might, it's probably getting a little bit harder to make a move like that. Just, I mean, especially if the guy you're going after is Herbert, but I Mm -hmm. think, if you have Lamar Jackson in it, you—that's the kind of move people might still make, even with the Herbert hype. And I mean, quite honestly, dude, like, it, there could come a time, dude. Like, call me crazy, but there could come a time when it, they get closer and closer and closer together. Honestly, you know, I mean, even today, QB standings like Herbert's ahead of Lamar, and I mean, Lamar's QB eight. And Herbert is QB, sorry, I'm slow, QB 10. And he didn't play week one and he's had his bye week. Lamar's only had his bye week. And yeah, he's yeah, QB yeah. 18 and Herbert's QB 10. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that Lamar Jackson isn't doing better this season. You know, if you went with the Lamar Jackson from last season, right, this would be uh, a slam dunk. And, and maybe yep. if you did it before, you know, the past 
two, three weeks when Herbert just keeps going, it would have been easier. But we're talking about now. Um, I still think you could move Jack, um, you know, Jackson for Herbert and a piece. That piece yeah. is probably not going to be as significant now. It makes sense that a team would be, you know, less likely to part with something else. But yeah, dude, I I think acquiring Herbert is the is the right move. Um, you know, young kid, super young. Um, yeah, amazing arm. I mean, he nobody expected this. I expected him to be a good professional quarterback. It was one of those things that I I would every time his name came up. You remember we talked mm-hmm. about it. We agreed that people were too low on him. That was the biggest thing. Like it's 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 Joe Burrow and it's Tua. And before Joe yep. Burrow's amazing season, uh, where he won the Heisman Trophy and the national championship and became usually the first overall pick in um, or the first quarterback anyway in uh, rookie drafts. Um, you know, before that, everybody was talking about Tua being that guy. And it was Tua and Burrow. And then it's Burrow and Tua. And whatever, however it shook out, it was those two guys. And then, oh, yeah, also, there's all these other quarterbacks in this class. You know, Herbert, who knows about him? I, you know, I'm not big on him. There were just a lot of detractors of, of Justin Herbert. And I would always just go to bat for it. Like, listen, what are you guys not seeing here? Um, not his fault. You know, that that Oregon's kind of a mess. But look mm-hmm. at what was able to do he showed enough was my thing he showed enough to to demonstrate to people that he could be a professional quarterback um an nfl starter for years to come but i don't not everybody seemed to think so and so it wasn't a guess we spent time evaluating that i am so happy to see him doing that but by no means did i expect him to just light that team on fire like Mm -hmm. are you kidding me like i'm even blown away by that and he looks good doing it he does yeah uh, man i'm with you like that's the kind of moves I want to try to make to get him is get a little bit back and uh, I don't know how far I'd go. Yeah. But um, so let's stay with the Chargers really quick and I want to bring sure. Kenny Galladay back into this. So to the Chargers, sweet. Kenny Galladay <laughs> or Keenan Allen in Dynasty? Um, wow. Yeah. I'm I think not they're a year that. apart in age. You know, one's 28, one's 27. Oh, really? Galladay's already 27? Yeah, he's old, dude. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I, well, I'm, a, I'm a huge Keenan Allen fan. Like, I mean, I think he's shown strong consistency and he's been, um, you know, that guy for a while. You, you start talking about these 28 year old wide receivers and everybody seems to want to get rid of them. Like 25 year old running backs and 28 year old wide receivers. Meanwhile, you know, most of these guys are playing into their thirties, these elite guys and yeah, they'll taper off. But if you can get Keenan Allen for another year or two at the level he's at now, because 26 to 29 is still the peak years for a pro wide receiver. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, the age is close enough. I, I also lo- love Galladay, his whole story, but I'm leaning slightly toward Keenan Allen, even though he's had injuries and missed some time. He's been a, a real consistent force, and his injuries were weird ones. Like, you know, mm-hmm. not like, oh my God, I. I bruised my thigh again. I can't play. I mean, it's been stuff like weird. What the spleen was it or his kidney? I mean, stuff that like yeah. generally doesn't happen and you are not predisposed to having your kidney injured. It's a freak football accident, you know, not really an injury um, in the same way that some of these guys, you know, continually hurt themselves. So just thinking about that and God, you know, I, I'm going to lean slightly toward Keenan Allen and, you know, I don't yeah. know if that's the right answer, but that's mine. I, I agree with you. And, and I'm, I'm with you. I don't know if it's the right answer, but I agree with you. And even at that, like, if you want to talk about Keenan Allen's injuries as him being an injury risk, like, look at Galladay's career as well. He's been in and out of games every season. 
Um, so to be fair, yeah. I looked up the ages while you were talking, and Kenny Galladay literally just turned um, 27 on November 3rd. So he's he's a young 27. Happy birthday, Galladay. <laughs> and then uh, and then Keenan Allen turned 28 in April. So, but for me, yeah, it's still it's still Keenan Allen. Like people, yeah, a year and a half difference. That's not huge. Yep. And we talked about this a little bit before we hit record, but I think sometimes we sell these wide receivers in their prime too early. Like if think about if we sold every running back when he was 22, that's what you're doing with your wide receivers. Sometimes when you sell them at 27 to 28, and I know both I these that. guys are like the same age, but man, Keenan Allen, I think is the man and Kenny Galladay could be. Yeah, I've held on to players too long before. Um, my joke was always with Rob Gronkowski. I don't, you know, I don't care when he retires. I'm not trading him away. I'm, I'm going to ride this guy into the, you know, into the sunset. I'm going to ride that yeah. horse into the sunset, and you know, get stuck with him because honestly, he's returned so much value over the years that I could probably afford to do that. Now, yeah, can I trade him to somebody um, before his twilight season, you know, and stick stick him on someone else's roster and get an asset in return? Um, you know, probably. And, and that's what a lot of these guys try to time it and do. And they think they're slick and they, oh, I'm getting rid of, you know, A.J. Green and I'm getting rid of um, Julio Jones is a case in point. How many years ago did people start saying, man, you need to get out of Julio mm-hmm. Jones shares? You've got to right. get rid of that guy. He is still playing. And even Fitzgerald, yeah. hell, three, four years ago, I was doing that. Um, these guys are still playing. So, you know, you do run a risk and, unless you got something that you turned into a starter on your roster when you moved Julio Jones, say three years ago, you lost that trade. Julio yeah. Jones is killing it. That's a perfect example of a player you just keep and let him just, you know, retire on your roster. Well, because you can't, you don't want to get out of it too soon, unless you, you know, you're trading him for a player like, you know, a you you traded him for Chris Godwin and you didn't like lose entirely on your yeah. investment. Um, yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, it could have went way south, though. I mean, even okay, like the trade you mentioned earlier, for example, you um, are talking about Jarvis Landry and Anthony Miller for KJ Hamler, and to mm-hmm. me, like even for you, who you're, you're kind of a rebuild, correct? Yeah, it's an auction league. I'm out of it this year. Um, you know, auction contract league. It has all, it's one of the kitchen sink leagues, and. I um yeah I'm out of it for sure. So I made a couple moves. Yeah, so I mean, bettering my team for you, next year. Now. Yeah, exactly, dude. You got older, but you still <laughs> rebuilt your team quicker by adding that. Like, and so I mean, I think to me that Good team, point. and, and I know there's contract issues in this particular league, but at the same time, like this team didn't make themselves better by getting younger and getting KJ Hamler, in my opinion. It's, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I love KJ Hamler. We've talked about him. You you like him too, but he's a little guy. He's 5'9", 175 pounds. And not to take anything away from him, he's a hell of a receiver. Um, quick, you know, he, I think he's going to be an asset f- for Denver. But, I mean, how many mouths are there to feed before you get to KJ Hamler, even as a start, even knowing that he's a starter? Cortland Sutton comes back. He's amazing. Two tight ends, you know, um, Albert O and Noah Fant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jerry Judy. Yeah. Um, you know, there the, he's in the mix. I get it, but he's a little guy, um, and and so honestly, I felt like moving him to get Jarvis Landry and Anthony Miller enabled me to. Um, well, I can still trade both of those players or one of those players and get something else in return. Um, but yeah, I think it, get, getting older slightly and getting you know Jarvis Landry on my team, and even though I'm rebuilding and I have a lot of youth, 
still made my team better because I either play Jarvis Landry, who's always good for points when he plays, or I trade him for something that I can, you know, use later. But either way, it was a profit. Yeah. Uh, you know, who knows what KJ Hamler becomes again? Uh, but I, I doubt highly that he becomes the number one um, option for that team. Just knowing what we know about that, about the makeup of that team so far and what he's done, you know, to date, I, I don't see him ever being better at scoring points than Jarvis Landry. Certainly not in the next year right. expected. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So people do that though. They want out of the old players, the older guys, they want younger and they'll go they'll actually take it to the extreme almost like they have OCD or something. Like they're just, "Oh my, look at the age profile of my team." I, I seriously play in leagues with these kinds of kinds of players. They these kinds of owners, they want to get away from all the older players. It's okay to have a couple of them. Right. And replace them at some point, um, you know. But in order to call your 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 team a dynasty team, you kind of have to win a championship, or you're just you're just using it in parentheses. You know, right. dy- you're not a dynasty until you at least win one championship. Then you can kind of be on your way to doing that. But I swear, some of these teams, they don't want to win. They don't ever want to win. It's always punting. Oh, maybe next year. Oh, maybe next year. As a Browns fan, I, I get that. You know, maybe next year. Or they'll have somebody on the trading block and you'll go offer them something decent and they'll be like, oh, I'm only looking for picks. Like, I wish you had a second or third rounder. And you're like, well, how is a second or third rounder like even better than that for your rebuild? And some people we get we get like too tied up into wanting those picks where and it's kind of like, how long do you want your rebuild to take? Like, exactly there. You just said it. How long do you want to spend rebuilding? I mean, I don't want to spend. It's fun sometimes to take over an orphan and make it your own and you know Absolutely. do that. Absolutely, creative license yes, over it. I love that. That's I why do, I'm I enjoying enjoy super flexing in a mirror so much because mm-hmm. um, you did, man. You traded for all rebuilding, the and uh, I enjoy that process. I enjoyed it too until you drafted all my favorite players this past season in the rookie draft. Yeah, hey, I, I had all those. Bit, picks, I was a man. little jealous. Yeah. I did the same thing you did in the fantasy football breakdown. Like I kept kind of just moving back and acquiring an extra pick and moving back a little bit more and acquiring so an extra fun, yeah. pick. And then just like, you could get all those guys, dude. And like Within a deep class, no like idea why I had the like, ones you wanted for sure. Yes, dude. And like Chenault fell and, um, Edwards fell. Like everybody just kind of kept ending up in these weird spots where I'm just like, what the hell is he even doing here? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I enjoyed that draft. That, that was a lot of fun. And I mean, Join that rebuild to be honest with you so need to meet, move uh teddy bridgewater though he's he doesn't make me feel very comfortable for yeah he doesn't really fit but i'm with you that's one way to do it there are other ways but it is comical to see people always say when they're rebuilding that means simply only get younger players on your team trade for them and trade for picks there's no other way to do it when you could do a mix of things like this acquire jarvis landry and george kittle um from teams that are contending and have no use for those players this year. Um, and, and, you know, those, both of those players will be back next year to help my team next year. And I'll, you know, my rookies are going to be one year in, um, you know, there's, you have to kind of have an age profile across your, like a continuum across your team. You can't just have all 23 year old kids. You know, you, you, I just think that people assume there's only one way to rebuild and that's just to get younger and just to get picks. That's not the only way. Right. I'm out of contention, so I'm trying to get younger. No, you're getting yourself out of contention even more. Yeah, even further, right. 
like exacerbating that problem and, and which i mean it, case in point like there's a, another way to do that like if you feel out of contention and you want to remain out of contention i have no problem with that but you get the pieces that madman just mentioned and you go get george kittle you go get barkley you you make your starting lineup a little worse so that your your pick gets a little bit better but you don't do it for years and years and years like just by putting crappy points in your lineup like you still want to have like a, a process that makes the assets you have better at some point than what you're getting rid of. For sure. Yeah. And you know, you can do, do this. It, it's easy. I mean, I, I'm looking at a team that I, I planned on being competitive, uh, that, but I lost Saquon Barkley and I don't have a lot of running backs depth behind him. So I was probably dead in the water as soon as I lost him, but not completely having Derrick Henry and Kareem Hunt, but then other things happened and, so I realized since I'm not competing, and we've already said this, um, sit on sit on Saquon Barkley. Now I'm going to sit on George Kittle, who I'm pretty sure is a difference maker when he plays, and Jarvis Landry, same thing. And I'll have those three guys back. Joe Burrow will now be a, a second year quarterback, and in in a system, and you know, yeah. all that whole first season under his belt. Lamar Jackson hopefully won't have a shitty season again next year because he's having kind of a down year this one. Both of those guys back. Hopefully, I still have Henry and Hunt and Barkley, and I've got Kittle, and I've got Landry, all those guys right in my starting lineup. And then I've got a bunch of young players that I love, like Brian Edwards and Deontay Johnson and Justin Jefferson and Terry McLaurin and, you know, Debo Samuel, So like who also hasn't been playing, right? So mm-hmm. suddenly I go from being this shitty team that's not doing much on paper, looks like one of the worst teams in the league. It won't be that way next year if I have these players back all playing in the same starting lineup. Yeah. Really different makeup, you know? So, Mr. Madman, I want to bring it closer to your heart before we get out of here. Um, Uh We'll see if we end on this or not. But when in the hell will Gus Edwards get out of your boy J.K. Dobbins' way? I know, right? (laughs) I wish I knew the answer. I wish it would be sooner rather than later. Because, you know, with what was going on with Mark Ingram, I figured for sure it's already Dobbins' time. And, um, yeah, I don't know if it's just the inexperience. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not clear on what they're doing. I, I think they should definitely shift it to Dobbins because he, he can run inside and do the things that Edwards been doing for them and all that, you know, pass catching and work on the outside, a very balanced running back, probably the most sort of, uh, good at the most things running back in this class. That was kind of my, my line about the, about that player and he perfect fit with the Ravens like that. Why? Well, you know, they're, they need him this season, clearly. You know, yeah. they're, not, they're not doing as well as they did last year. They're not running the ball as well as they did last year. And it's not Dobbins. I mean, that's not he why looks they're good. failing. Yeah, he does. He looks great. Yeah, yeah, Gus, come on, man. Can't you just sit on the bench and give, give your boy Dobbins some, some love out there, please? Man, I mean, he, he looks good when he takes the field. And, I mean, week one, I think that was when he had two touchdowns. And you just yep. thought, like, instantly, like, oh, my gosh. This He's is going to be so much fun. <laughs> I never expected Edwards to be anything this season at Dude, all. I really didn't. I am with you. Like, uh, I didn't shit on him, like, through the offseason, kind of just like, why are we even talking about Gus Edwards as, as a threat yes, to J.K. Dobbins? You know I, know, I was so wrong. Like, I literally took a crap on Gus Edwards all offseason. It just felt, Same. like, so justified. But, man, what the hell? Yeah, I figured he and Justice Hill um, – you know, would both be afterthoughts, you know, because with Ingram and Dobbins, there you go. Do you really need other running backs? Um, right. How quickly that changed. I, you know, his time's coming. They're not going to be able to 
sit J.K. Dobbins down. He's too good. I, I'm not sure why the easing of him in and out of the offense like that, but, um, you know, go- goofy stuff. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, what he's got 109 points. Josh Jacobs, 104. I, a guy just asked me, one of our listeners asked, um, you know, I want to trade Clyde Edwards-Hilaire where would you move him for Josh Jacobs? And I said, well, most people value Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, I'd say much above Josh Jacobs, you know, at one point in time, you know, the love for mm-hmm. CEH just huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any running back that went there was going to get the same treatment mm-hmm. he went to Kansas city. So here we are. Uh, that's the biggest, um, the biggest key to this. But I said, yeah, absolutely. I prefer Josh Jacobs. Same. Yeah. Um, I would just make that deal trade CEH for Jacobs, but you know, don't sell low, you know, or, or not low. Don't sell short. Like, see what else you can get first. See if you can bring in like a, a second or third round pick. He eventually did get a pick. Jacobs and a pick for Hilaire, and it was nice. a second. I think. Dude, and I'm like, I freaking oh, yeah, love dude. that man. So do I. Hell yeah, get another running back with a second round pick. Have Jacobs and another great running back, probably. Yeah, and I mean, even like go go get Dobbins and something else too. You know, I mean, obviously that deal's already done, but just I would like do that all day. You know what I mean? Like that's some stuff you could seriously get done and and feel good. It's not like Ceh is lighting the world on fire, honestly. Yeah, he was maybe the the windows closed a little bit. It's still open, but it was wide open when he was, you know, the first few weeks of this season. Like, um, and as soon as he did something great, that was the time to sell, sell, sell. Yeah, you know. Uh, but I mean, still, he's yeah, still yeah. maintaining that value, though. I mean, if you can go get Jacobs and something on top, I'm in awe. Dude, he's a. I mean, he's a running back one too. Just a, just ahead of um, Josh Jacobs. You know, maybe like five PPR points higher than Jacobs or neck and neck, you know, yeah. that's about James Connor and Chris Carson, who's been hit, injured and David Montgomery and Mixon, who's been, who knows. Oh. And, you know, so the, the top guys, Kamara, Cook, Henry, Elliot, Robinson, Hunt, Gurley, Mike Davis. <laughs> Thanks. You can send your thank you cards to uh, Christian McCaffrey, Mike, and then Aaron <laughs> Jones right above Clyde Edwards, Hilaire at one ten. So CEH is having a great rookie season being a running back one, but yeah, I would definitely move him. Um, I think the Le'Veon Bell is not just to train Hilaire how to play that position um, and to and to give him a, a breath. I really think they needed another good running back. They, yeah. I don't think they can get away with Ceh is not a workhorse. He's um, you know maybe you could call him a three down back because he can play on all three downs, but you would never call him a bell cow or a workhorse. He's he's not really that kid. He's not really that running back. Yeah, man, I love it. Me too, man. I don't know what it is. Like you and I get on the microphones. I feel like we could, we could just talk all day about you know one topic to the next, and it, and it'd be fun and time would fly. I don't I don't know why, but it's uh it's one of those things where uh, we just we get into it, don't we? Yeah, it's easy. It's uh yep. I did disagree with you on the Odell Beckham Jr. thing, but then <laughs> but then you made all the points like of the the contention of that team and. Um, you talked me back into that side. So I, I liked that conversation even, cause even when you were saying it, I'm like, man, I want Allen Robinson. But yeah. then I mean, where that team was and not to rewind, I apologize to the listeners and to be uh, repetitive, but it, it just kind of makes you think of the different way to look at it. And, and, you know, like that Odell Beckham Jr. Value will, will go back up when he's on another team, even if it shouldn't, it's going to go back up. Plus you have that second. And honestly, you could probably go get Allen Robinson and something else or, or a different player. You know, you don't even need to focus on Robinson, but so yes, yeah, sir. our one disagreement you talked me out of. 
<laughs> yeah, no, man. I, sometimes I can talk myself into both sides of it, you know, playing devil's advocate, trying to keep an open mind. And then those are probably the deals where maybe you just don't make the deal because it's, you, you know, maybe not good enough to move off of. My favorite thing is like when people, other than what we were talking about with Saquon Barkley and maybe selling a player high that you're not a, a big fan of, but my favorite thing is when people are like one for one, wide receiver for wide receiver, um, running back for running back. It's almost like you're tra- you know, trading playing cards or something. Yeah. Uh, player, you know, player trading, you know, sports cards because yeah. you're just, uh, I'm going to give you this, you know, this one for that one. And you're real, there's really what's, what's to gain for either team. You, you like yeah. Jarvis Andre and the other team liked, uh, you know, um, the, a different receiver. So you, you made a swap. Yes. Yeah. It just seems kind of, unless it's an older player for a younger, but just like, you know, people trading um, one of the same position assets for another. I, I never really got that. Like, are, is it a, is it a real gain? Are you right. just getting 20 more PPR points and that's good enough for you? Yeah. I, it seems odd when people do that to me. No, I, I totally know what you mean. And you'll even get those people in your DMS that might ask you a question or you're answering a Twitter poll or something. And you might take the, we'll, we'll just say Jarvis Landry again. You might take that side, but then you're like, I, I want him more, but to be honest with you, I don't really understand the trade, like, or the reasoning behind it. You're just, you're kind of, I mean, if you prefer that player to that player and it's an IAPs thing, I get it. But sometimes it's just like, what's the purpose of this trade? You know, you're just trading right. wide receivers. So, and it's not like we're contradicting what we said earlier, moving CEH for Josh Jacobs. Cause you know, um, you, the, the trade that I was talking about, a pick came with Josh Jacobs. It was all, it was really more about selling CEH right. higher, getting a player that you believe in more strongly, same position or otherwise, just a player that you think is going to score more points down the road and get, you know, some kind of an asset, like a pick with it. But yeah, I mean, that, that would have been a perfect example of um, let's trade CEH for Josh Jacobs. And we said Barkley for Dalvin cook, but it's not just trading a player you don't like for a player you do it you know, had to do with what year you want your team to peak at. And are you discovering value when you're moving these players, not trading just for shits and giggles. Right. Although I am going to be a hypocrite when, Uh when we get off the show and talk to that, uh, non-contender with Keenan Allen and see if I can trade him Galladay. And, um, just with the mindset that I, I think that there's that perception behind Galladay that he is a little younger when, I mean, even you were surprised. You're like, Oh, he is 27. And and that he, for some reason, holds a little more value. But I think at this point on that team, I'd be a lot more comfortable with Keenan Allen. So I might try something like that. But maybe I sneak something in to make it seem like it's not totally a straight-up wide receiver for wide receiver. Yeah, maybe some picks or something. I, I get it. Um, if you're trying to get out from a guy who seems like he's got a pro- propensity for injury or something like that, you know, I, I definitely get that. Uh, or you want the player that's, you know, performing – better this year there's always all sorts of reasons for doing the one for one um contending in a dynasty league but yeah for the most part i just always thought well why don't i just keep the guy i've got why would i yeah why would i mess with the recipe so to speak for something that's so marginally you know very slim better i want to try to get the guy that i can get in my lineup this week <laughs> yes dude there's going to be a lot more weeks like that right yeah it's been a tough one. Um, every time I go to submit my lineup, I get that rejection notice that I have to move someone off IR. 
Oh, I know. Ineligible player there just doesn't, you know, never fails. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. It's a tough year for that, too. Or, like, some leagues have different rules for who's IR eligible, and you're like, dude, he's out. Like, let me put him to the IR, please. Like, I need to make this move. And it's almost just like everybody should be eligible this year. It's a weird yep. year. It is a weird year. I have nothing against Thursdays in general, but right now I'm hating Thursdays because it takes me so long to set these lineups. Yeah. And get, get ready to to have the the team situated so I can actually submit the lineup. It's, it's, it's brutal. Um, it takes so much time. And I mean, I love dynasty leagues and, and I, and I think I have to cut back next year. So I'm not so frustrated on Thursdays. Yeah. But you said you were at like 49 lineups you're setting or something like that. That's, a, that's a lot, dude. I submit lineups in 49. You know, obviously I have way more leagues than that. You know, just you, know, you throw in Scott fish pros versus Joe's some of the other, you know, charity leagues and, best balls and whatever eliminators i'm not yeah not counting any of that stuff um although the scott fishbowl uh, team i am you know i'm counting that one of course uh because it is a submit lineup not best ball but yeah so but yeah 49 every freaking thursday um i have a co-owner on i think three teams uh you know guy that does my idp on two of my teams we have um juggernauts in both of those because he you know he's my defensive coordinator and helps me out nice. and, uh, but yeah it's uh i still have to look at those as well and make sure the offense is i don't i'm kind of hands off with the defense most of the time but um i definitely have to do the offense still right and it's because on i in idp leagues you know you're you're starting sometimes you know 11 players on offense 10 or 11 uh so it's definitely work man commiserating the the kind of commiserating we do as dynasty freaking team owners is ridiculous isn't it we're squawking putting about it, how putting in the work yeah. yes changing the putting world grinding. <laughs> oh well, i appreciate you as always dude um super fun show get you out of here to the wifey tell them yeah, all the amazing bet, places to find you episode 150 if you didn't already know you will be recorded on dynasty trades hq tonight yes yeah. thursday evening so, yeah, uh, Dynasty Trade at Dynasty Trades HQ. Um, that's you know the 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 main podcast. That's um, where you can find us every week. And this is our hundred and fiftieth episode. Shay Manila, Michael Sipes, and myself. Uh, we have a lot of fun over there. And um, we'll be joined tonight by John Hogue, your buddy, my buddy, at Superflex Dude. He's coming on. Um, a backstory to that: he was involved when we first started our podcast. Um, uh, kind of helping us get that off the ground, you know, recording, having a, a main host and sort of um, had a lot of laughs back then on our first few episodes three years ago. And so he's joining. And I think you and um, your partner in crime on Rookie Fever, Fanero, are going to be coming on our show in the next week or two. And we're going to revisit this rookie class and have some conversations about, um, you know, the status quo now, what to expect, who to move to acquire you know what to oh, what I like to it get next year stuff you hear like that, that. Fenero, you hear that <laughs> not so even gonna, i'm yeah. not even gonna mention it to Fenero until he'll hear it here yeah surprise him like that and he either hears it here or sees the invite but um yeah at dynasty madman on the twitter box please uh check me out and um thanks for having me swags love being part of this brother oh I'll absolutely you guys dude. Soon. absolutely and I am Swagzilla Zero G on the Twitter box. Follow at Superflexible Pod and at Superflex Super Show. The frick out of here. Go get you some Dobbins. Yes. Dalvin Cook, too. Do it. <laughs> <laughs>
Dude, I, I might have to try that one. I'm hoping that the Dalvin Cook owner is kind of out of contention, or I won't even try to make the move, because he'd probably be like, what? You. Yeah, best bet is to find um, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, uh, owners that aren't like aren't in love with those players. You yep. know, that's your best bet to to remove them, give, sending them something that they would prefer. Uh, if they're if those are their favorite players, you know how it goes. You know, they they want way too much. You you made a good point during the show too, like with Barkley, uh, even on a contender at this point, like he's one of those players that even though we mentioned that injury and the injury length of it his value is going to continue to rise. He's almost like a rookie pick at this point. Like his value goes up a little bit every day. Yes, yes it does. Yeah, you're smart. That's a real good analogy. You're smart. I wish. Oh, I come tried. on now. Goodness <laughs> sakes. I'm one of those uh, smart, dumb guys. I can just make it, you know, I can just make it by. Got some people fooled. <laughs>